Welcome. Bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. So I actually missed this story that was going on in the MLB, but I did find it because of an annoying data cleaning issue. Will Myers pitched. Did he? Oh, yes. Great. When? Will Myers. Uh, uh, Thursday, I think. Oh, wow. He gave up two home runs. <laughs> and because, so I only noticed because of what we'll talk about later on in the pod, which was looking for... Um, anomalously bad performances early season. <laughs> it's like, anomalously bad. Will Myers, the pitcher, that is um, not what I expected. Like, I was like, why is Will Myers coming up as a pitcher? Like, this is not, this is wrong. He's like, such what low I... expectations to begin with. <laughs> well, I thought, I thought I'd screwed up, right? Like, because it, yeah. it's the type of thing where it's like, ah, oh, great, batters coming up as pitchers. Like, what, what did I do? And then it's like, no, no, yeah. he actually pitched. <laughs> Terribly. <laughs> yeah, very bad. So, did he get an out? Uh, yeah, he got he got three fly ball outs. Nice. The quote oh. from the San Diego Union Tribune, that was fun out there, Myers said. I wish I wouldn't have given up two homers, but I had a good time standing on the mound. <laughs> you know what's so funny about this? Like, A, I don't like it. But B, I kind of like it. <laughs> because cause it goes back to, like, baseball roots where yeah. it'd be just be – I mean, they're, they're high scores. Yeah pre-dead ball era we forget about the pre-dead ball we think about dead ball as yep. like the start of baseball but there's this pre-dead ball era which was wild west stuff and this could have been an outcome in a in one of those games where they just would have been like we're getting shellacked he's tired we're gonna put just anybody in everybody should be able to pitch back in those days yeah well no but can you pitch absolutely everyone can yeah. everyone get their batting practice they've done it at some point so anyway i um Everybody's got a pitch that they've been working on that's out there. I I had missed that storyline, but I um appreciated that. It just just came up. And then you unceremoniously dropped him in the league. How about that? Tough break for Will Myers. <laughs> he's 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 not getting it done as a pitcher and he's also not getting it done as a fantasy batter this anymore. So Sorry, that's but, well, yeah, I mean there are there are stars rising that must be acknowledged. NBA playoffs, my reverse oh, jinx boy. of the Wolves oh, worked. Boy. I've uh, worked really hard to reverse jinx them again for the Grizzly series, but I I don't think we can do it. What are what are your notes from uh, from NBA play in? You excited? Still feel like they're going to take away that Celtics win. <laughs> I think I'm just going to turn around and they're just going to change it, kind of like you know, just with the fantasy stats. Just all of a sudden you lose a, a category. Yeah, I no, I actually I noticed that because I when I logged into TGFBI I moved up five spots overnight some or like uh, in an hour right because of stat adjustments like very nice, nice. so so it's the type of thing where like actually we decided one of those baskets doesn't count so the Celtics yeah last basket lost. just didn't count sorry guys uh, Nets win no it's not, it's not even the last one it's like one in the third quarter or something they're like yeah, yeah. this third quarter basket didn't count so uh, you guys lost sorry we know there's two two toes uh, two <laughs> times on the three point line take away two points. Yeah, that's that's just how I keep on feeling. This playoffs is going to be um, it's going to be something. I will say, you know, the the full 
excitement of the NBA playoffs finally hit me after the first two games of this series, right? Or the, the when, once you got through all of the game ones, it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's real NBA playoffs now. It is like we're back. Like I'm I'm fully what's, invested in what's going on. See, kind of nice that there was like a lull and a primer. Are you maybe? saying Are you saying that the the plan should be that? You know, now that the the wolves got through the plan, do you feel better about it? I uh the and the Clippers the got and the Clippers and Cavs fell out. Are well, you I feeling do like a little that. bit better? Um, I think that your point about having sort of warm up playoffs, like get ready, something's about to count, is kind of yeah. nice. I mean, I wish the Wolves didn't have to play in it, but they won. They did win. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to be just a goldfish brain about it. Like, <laughs> we won, so I don't care anymore. I still care a little bit about the play-in games. I don't know that we needed that. I, st- I still don't know about the seventh seed. I think that's rude. I think it's kind of rude to the seventh seed. Um, but for the eighth seed, I think that it's, it's perfect because both of them fell out. Yeah, exactly. So, like, did they really belong to be there? But, you know, one game. I mean, I, I really, as statistical people here, it really bugs me that it all They both had down. two games. Both those teams had two games to win one game. Okay, okay. Those, sure. All right. I accept that. Yeah. They had two games to win one game and couldn't do it. They were the eighth seed against teams of their caliber. They probably should have. Well, let's today, let's take some time to talk about early season storylines statistical storylines we're going to get into small number statistics we're going to enjoy a few things that have gone well for players talk about a few things that have gone badly for mostly pitchers <laughs> and um, then we'll just just bat around a few things so the setup here for me is that we have a few games under our belts now 10 ish games and my question to you is what do you find more interesting do you find overperformance of players or underperformance of players to be more interesting over. Okay. I think the overperformances more of players that might not have been considered earlier is more interesting. This is how you find the Josh Donaldson in the season that he mm-hmm. arose. Mm-hmm. Ryan Ludwig, the year that he <laughs> came out of nowhere, is that you spot the guy who is having, who's overperforming and hitting, you know, sort of our clustering thing. Yeah. Or when they, they go into a different cluster or type of hitter, you're like, well, if you just continue doing that, then you are ownable versus preseason. You don't, you don't own them. Whereas if a good hitter starts its season cold, has like a you know 185 after first 10 games, well, they could have done that during the regular season anyways, just yeah. because of the way the small sample. The, yep. There could just be a period of time, cluster luck as you'd call it sometimes, or just like a down period, bad matchups, whatever. Or, you know, in baseball, they don't like the cold. <laughs> so you, you can't drop players yet, especially small sample. You can't. But then you have to figure out with all those guys, it's a different question of like, when do I cut bait? When is this Joey Votto in 8-19? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. So, okay. So you're on the overperformance side. I am going to agree with you because my main thesis here is that fantasy victory is really all about stringing together a whole bunch of overperformances. Yeah, there you go. And so the question to me is how do we identify the the appropriate... Well, I, I actually phrase this a different way. How do we un- identify the people that are underperforming right now in order to pick them up with the expectation that they'll regress to the mean? Which is a slightly different thing than you were just talking about. So I want to know 
Mm-hmm. Okay, this player doesn't like the cold, so they hit 180 this week. But next week, they're going to hit 300 <laughs> because they're, they're going to regress to their mean of 250 or something. So I actually, I'm actually kind of wondering a little bit about that problem rather than is this guy actually different than we predicted him to be preseason? Yeah, but in a in like a TGFBI, are you are you going to be able to find the guys like that? And even in a, in a twelve team mixed league, can can you f- or an AL only league, like can you actually find enough guys like that? Yeah. Or those trade targets? Because then that gets into a little bit of game theory and gamesmanship, right? Oh, that's that's a really good point. I mean, maybe the, there's also the converse, which is more what I'm going to talk about on the hitting side today. Of okay, these guys are way overperforming. Um, okay, here's my key example: CJ Crone has five okay. home runs so far this season. He'll continue doing that, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna have a hundred home runs at the end of the season. I mean, all I'm saying is Why like, not? I'm saying is like, did have you already have you already squeezed a lot of the juice out of the CJ Crone orange? You sure you have, but then you have the Chris David, uh, Chris David. Chris Davis, Baltimore Orioles, Chris Davis, where it kept on being like, all right, now he's got to cool down in 2015. Yeah. Uh, man, I I wish that I knew the vintages of all of these players. Is Chris Davis even still playing? But nope. he just never slowed down. And then you're like, well, why, why am I stupid for like not believing that the first eight time, times? Well, okay, let me let me give you let me try and give you the case. So we we can we can go ahead and get into this. We've basically framed this, and I'm going to tell you basically what, and then we'll, we'll get to disasters a little later. But I'll tell you how I basically framed this. 2013. That's so long ago. So long. 2015 ago. was 47 home runs. So long ago. Um, okay, so here, here's the here's how I set this up, which was we like to think in rates, and I primed this pump two weeks ago when I talked about what's a good home run hitting rate, for example, and we settled on like 7% is pretty remarkable. I have 10 guys who are over 11.4% right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, what What do you do with that? Um, Danny Jensen gets a home run in 25% of his plate appearances, in case you were wondering. So, you know, I, all I'm saying is that these are huge overperformances. There has to be regression coming. What do we do? What do you do with a guy like Danny Jensen? You own him. You've gotten two home runs out of eight plate appearances. Or Austin Barnes. He's got two home runs in ten plate appearances. Like, you've already you've already squeezed most of the juice out of that. Like, he's going to have some really cold times coming up. Well, home runs-wise. But then what about RBI-wise? You know, could this be... Could Yes, okay. The home runs off pace. Yeah, Danny Jensen... He's on pace for 32 home runs. I liked him. I liked him a couple of years ago. I was like, okay, this is the time. And then yeah. it just never, yeah. it, it sort of never happened. Um, is he going to get a little bit of time, time outside of catcher? The problem, well, the problem is he only has eight plate appearances right now, right? So, nah. <laughs> so you don't, yeah. you also don't want to be deceived. So I've, I've given you these, these long tables where I've highlighted some guys that I want to talk about. Um, they're, you know, you have to consider actually how many plate appearances they've done this in. <laughs> so I didn't apply any any thresholding there, but I've highlighted a few. So somebody that the catchers is, are funny, but the that's, catchers are so funny. You can't, yeah. So Danny Jensen and Austin Barnes, you can't really, unless you see that they're going to be playing at first or getting DH at bats. Then, then that's something that is very interesting. That's right. right but neither, it, neither one of them has done that yet, right? They're at eight no, no, and no, ten no, plate I, appearances. I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. 
but I'm Albert giving... Pujols. Yeah, exactly. I know him. Exactly. What year is this? So a guy that is interesting, catcher in that, Jonah Heim. Mm. Right? He's got he's not doing great. I mean, he's he's not doing great in terms of plate appearances, 17, but he's got two home runs in those 17 plate appearances, which it just so you don't have to do the math is 11.8% of his plate appearances end in in a home run. So why do you think why do you like him over over Danny Jensen? Cuz he's available. <laughs> okay. Oof. Uh you wonder who looks like a doof? Jonah Heim. So this this is a name where this is a name where he's appeared um, a few times as like, oh, this guy's available. I wonder if there's something there. And I'm looking at this, and if you skim ahead to his RBIs, RBIs on 47.1% of his plate appearances, that is, let me just tell you right now, not a sustainable number. <laughs> but what do you what do we do with that? I mean, is is this one of those? Is this a guy where we think? Oh, this is maybe he's jumped into a different cluster, and we we weren't thinking about him before. Or is this a guy where it's like this is way too hot, and we're just going to see massive cooling off back to the mean? Sure. Well, I mean, he's 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 great for second catcher league to just be like, just give it a shot. Sure. Right. But do you want to? Should you give up a Mike Zanino right now and slot him in? That's I mean, that's right. So those are those are important questions to ask. That's where you can make your fantasy season, right? Is that you can put in a buck. Exactly. You can put put in a dollar for Jonah Heim. You can grab him, and then Mike Zanino like, falls apart, never does anything. All of a sudden, you have him instead for the whole season. And he ends up hitting 285. Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, I highlighted a couple guys now for you here that I don't think are as interesting, like Vlad Guerrero Jr., right? He's not going to make your fantasy baseball season. He's got five home runs, but you already own him, right? Or you don't. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't really matter. But uh, because he already matched. Right, exactly. The same thing is true for... You're talking about the Delta from what it was, what the preseason was. Yeah, I mean, so the reason I highlighted Vlad Guerrero is because five home runs is an overperformance for him, right? You can't just say like, oh, this is normal because he's hitting home runs in 12.5% of his plate appearances. So he's going to regress to the mean. Even even the most elite, elite hitters are not getting more than 8%, right? So there has to be a regression for every single one of these guys. Yeah, but I mean, he's the close of all of these guys. He, he's the most likely to. How, how do you compare rates to rates? Uh, <laughs> I think he's most likely to have something close to sustaining this right over the course of a season, and we know that, and that's sort of what what you're saying. Yeah, I I am saying that. I mean, right. So to tie it back to the what I was. So when he falls back to like, yeah, if he were to somehow miraculously fall down down to eight instead. It's probably going to be a lot better than Jonah Heim falling down to two. two. No, no, no. You make no, no, no. Sure, you make a really good point. Like Jonah Heim could easily go another month without hitting a home run, right? You know that's not going to happen. But at the same, but then at the same time, so Buxton and Arenado are on yeah. here, and the, and and this is why we're yeah get it get back into like the old fashioned kind of thinking about this is is it good that Byron Buxton hit a home run, <laughs> two home runs? You know, is that. Are we like yes that he he's actually going to be swinging for the fence? Let's like let, let, let's take the stat stat head scouting eye. The scouting eye. Are we excited that he hit a, hits a home run? Nolan Arenado also yeah. like maybe he's he's finally adjusted to post course life and he's gonna he's hitting he got four dingers. Well, he's him. also he's also on the RBI list, right? I mean, and yeah. that's pretty good. <laughs> we we like to see things yeah. like that. Um, I, I think. I mean, I like to see this consistency. So I think you're right. There is something to be said for seeing Nolan Arenado on these lists, 
also. It's although good. it's refreshing. Although right? you already owned him or you didn't, right? So <laughs> Yes, fair enough. But are you trading for him? No. Is he a guy that you're like early season? You're like, yeah, you know what? I think the guy who who has Nolan Arenado would take him for Tatis, who is hurt. Yeah, it's sure. That's a plenty interesting trade. So okay, so you're more interested in looking at the the guys that are owned on these lists than the guys that are unowned. Is that a fair assessment? I don't know. I mean, I I don't care. I almost don't care about anybody on on this run list except for Jonah Heim again. <laughs> cool. Okay. I think what you're this is is this like it's so hard. This is where it's art, not science, right now. You got you got exactly to my conclusion, right? Which is yeah. I can make these all day. What the heck yeah. do we do with this data? <laughs> like, this is fun. It's it's not it's not hard to make this. It's you know it's a data it's just a data sorting product. But now we've basically just neural netted our way to deciding trying to decide what matters. <laughs> it, it is it is you need. To, but this is what you're doing mid season uh-huh. when you're taking you're taking a slice of one week. But that's why it's so in mid season you can take one one slice one grain of sand from the pile of sand <laughs> and then you can you can take that one you can inspect it but then you can also take a sample from the rest of the season and be like okay i have one grain of sand here let me take randomly five other grains of sand and compare them and say yeah okay this is what i know this is what i know about this one player so I, okay i've really warmed up the crowd now defend your owen miller pickup owen miller appears on the hits list because owen miller has gotten 14 hits in 33 plate appearances which puts him way in the top 10 of guys getting hits per plate appearance this is sort of the i i I, there is no defense i i picked him up and i think that there are a lot of tgfbi people that also picked him up because why not because you need to take Take chances. Take take a couple of uh, measured chances on players who could continue this, or even when they come back to earth, still be performing way above what they should have been doing. Yeah. Versus, I don't know, Will Myers, who I think I know what he is at this point. He'll be available in two weeks, probably, if I want to pick him back. I up. agree. No, so that's right. So that's a super interesting point, which is like. Also, you have to consider the game theory part, which is which of these guys are going to be available. Like, which of these guys do you now have all the information that you're ever going to get? Like, I'm looking at one that I highlighted on the stolen base front. Travis Jankowski actually stole some bases. That's a guy that we've talked about for... He's back. That's a guy we've, yeah, it's a guy we've talked about for... The dragon? On, exactly, off and on for years. Does he still look like yes, the dragon? He does. When is he going to be available? Like, how long is he going to be available for? I, stolen bases, I think, are really interesting because they're such a... There's such a small category that every stolen base has some value. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. I, I think that I think you ended on the two that actually probably matter Agreed. the most right now for for divulging reason, diverging reasons. Sorry, diverging reasons. Hits. Well, there's actually a larger sample yes. right now compared to every other of one of the counting stats. So hits getting 14 hits already is something. Yes. You know, versus getting, I don't know, random number of home runs. And then stolen bases are such a cluster yes. anyways. Getting two right now, that could mean that for the rest of the season you're getting, you're on a 40 stolen base pace, which is something that's necessary. And those players are at such a discount. Yeah, I think the stolen bases are really huge. And it also means so much more, like the scouting thing of like, oh, 
They're going to give him a green yeah, light? Yeah, exactly. He's got two stolen bases? He could get more. Exactly. So I think I think doing sifting things like this, especially for something like stolen bases, is really interesting. Also, got surprising guys on this list. I mean, some guys that aren't surprising. Adam Engel stole two bases. Steven Duggar, three bases? Three stolen bases? What? I know. It's not, you know what else is nice to see? Adalberto Mondesi, three, base, three stolen bases on here. And Good. Good for I'm him. Not even gonna, he hasn't hurt yet. Gonna, no, not going to mention the fact that Luis Robert... Robert has five stolen bases, 37 plate appearances. That guy, there's going to be a lot there this year, I think. Could be. I don't know yet. That might be it. So, Jankowski. Oh, did you pick him up? I did, I did not because I don't know that this is enough to go on yet. <laughs> the dragon? What? Thought about it. Thought about it. Uh, right. So, the opposite side, that's all the hitters. And I think we talked a lot about overperformance. But the pitching side, I think, is also really interesting. Because your your week can be completely screwed up by one bad performance. And I texted you about this right mm-hmm. after you, Darvish, blew up and just trashed both of my fantasy teams. <laughs> trashed my fantasy <laughs> and team. he had been doing so well. I know. But the crazy part is that I made this thinking you, Darvish, would be you know at the top. And he's not. Oh. <laughs> he's not. Wow. Turns out two of my other pitchers are actually worse. Uh what I've given you here is looking at sort of who's given up the most earned runs per total batters faced. This is how I found Will Myers in the first place because Will Myers has faced five yep. batters and given up two earned runs. And it turns out there's actually quite a few people that are worse than that, like real pitchers. Wow. <laughs> wow. Real pitchers, supposedly real pitchers oh, that boy. are worse than that. Uh, but then then you put in a batter's face limit and you see guys that have had bad blowups. Hyunjin Ryu. 11 earned runs over 35 batters on the IL. Yeah, exactly. Trevor Rogers, Freddie Peralta, Nick Pavetta, Jose Barrios. I mean, these are these are owned guys, right? Zach Wheeler's on here. <laughs> like good timing, Zach. We just talked ooh, about you. These these are guys that you own and they blew up on you, right? So Yeah, we can't give should you give up on them right now? So my I guess part of my question is these are the ones where I look at this and I think, wow, that's a big underperformance. Should I go get them? Because I know they're going to be better than this. I would say, yeah. I think, well, here again, it's get four of them and three of them have come back. Right, exactly. Yeah, so I'm looking at this like, okay, Kyle Friedland, uh, I don't know, a bunch of other guys that have actually... I don't want Kyle Friedland. <laughs> I, I don't love Kyle Friedland either. But Zach Wheeler, obviously, I mean, that's there's a guy who's going to do some serious performance, overperformance, I think, going forward. There's... And then do you want to wait? Wait, I, this is you want to talk on the other side of this the uh, the no walk and no no home run club like these will regress I, and it will be bad. So for these them, are the right? ones where I'm right. So I also put these together uh, because I'm interested in these. There's only three guys who haven't issued a walk but have faced 30 batters: Tyler, Joe Musgrove, Negil. and Kevin. Who is Tyler? <laughs> who is that? Don't you know? Tyler? I don't actually. Uh, I've never heard know. the. I've never heard of this player. I feel bad. I mean, uh, owned. Oh, he's a Met. Oh, well, makes sense. Joe Musgrove, Kevin Gossman. Yeah, you you gave up the list. I mean, those are all the guys with no walks. And those, there's some big regression coming. But the thing that freaked me out is this no home run list, right? There's guys on here that are going to, I mean, obviously going to give up home runs. Zach Greinke? Well, yeah, this is not yet yeah. to give up a home run. The guy that we're going to talk about in our review session, Shane Bieber, no home runs yet. Yeah, well, I mean, an ace, I'm less concerned Miles about Michaelis, that. No home runs? Miles. <laughs> I, I'm, oh, I, he's concerning because he is like, if you forget the, if you forget the case, if you look at the ERA, whip, and win, he can be a very effective pitcher, 
until you factor in the home runs. Yes. And the home runs, yes. like if he starts getting home runs against him, then he's uh, he's terrible. But then he can be a top 20 pitcher if he's limiting the home runs. So it's interesting, not sustainable. I think that about brings us to the review session. Shane Bieber. So they've flipped over now into 2022 statistics, but I'm going to still give you 2021 statistics, at least for a couple more weeks. I think we need that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shane Bieber, it's 2021. He faced 405 batters, just to give you some reference of what our current threshold looks like. Seven wins. (laughs) That's pretty... Come on. 3.17 ERA. (laughs) He started 16 games, to be fair, uh, because they shut him down. 96.2 innings. Uh, 11 home runs. He gave up 11 home runs. I don't love that. Strikeouts, 134. Whip, 1.21. Like that. that is um, the the only thing, actually, that's on here that's elite is that strikeout rate. Huh. Everything else is well, he's hurt, right? pretty pedestrian for him. Looking at last year? Yeah. Oof, yeah. A lot of people barreled him up. Hard hit. Average velocity. Wow, when they squared up against him, they squared up. Didn't now, they? He, he is a young man. Right, he's only he's only twenty six, which is really easy to forget. Yeah. So I think he's so he's got a lot of career. He's got some serious career going on, which is why they shut him down for basically the second half of last year. I'm I'm a Shane Bieber owner, so I don't feel like I should be doing the primary comments on him. (laughs) What do you think, man? I he's the kind of player that I would stay away from preseason because. I don't know what is going on mm-hmm. with that Guardians team. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. that's when you don't know what's going on with the team. That's where you get things like last year where they shut him down. He probably could have come back and gotten to like 140 innings or something like that, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. And who knows? That might have been why he was hurt. Maybe he was hurt and needed to have a rest. Probably didn't need to sit out the rest of the season. Though. I don't. Well, he he did start at the at the tail end, right? He he snuck in a start. Oh, did he? Yeah, well, just for funsies kind of thing. Just to see, just to see a little bit of what they had. I think. I think did he get one or two starts at the end of the season? He got two starts. He did two starts at the end of the season. And they were both extremely pedestrian. <laughs> Three innings pitched both times. They really, really stretched him out there. But I do like. I mean, he's got the like. He's he's good. He's I, I don't even know how to say. It. It's just like kind of basic good player on the mound kind of vibe. Exactly. When he's he, when he's up he there. looks like. If you just you know drew a pitching windup, <laughs> or like if you if you were like animate a pitching windup for me and like throw it to the plate, it's like yeah, that's what Shane Bieber looks like. That he does also look kind of effortless when he does. It's like okay, well, he's not well, he's that, he doesn't throw that hard, <laughs> right? No, it's not that. But yeah, his his fastball velocity is a little bit low. But it hasn't he had a couple pitches that have been up there? I don't think so. I don't think. I mean, he's no? he's a control he's a control pitcher. I mean, I I really like Shane Bieber, <laughs> so I think that I think that he can do this, do the numbers. I think he can. My view on his season this year, and we can set up the bet box here for this, is that if you scale up his numbers from last year, that's what he's going to get this year, except full season. All of them, you think? I do think so. I think I think three point one seven ERA is or is fine in a one point two one WHIP. I think it maybe comes down a tiny bit from that. I mean, that's. I think the WHIP is going to come down pretty substantially because it's not. He's a control pitcher doesn't have a two one point two. So his career average is one point one one. I honestly think he could be over that. I mean, he kind of strikes me as more of a James Shields kind of pitcher. Yeah, James Shields, good comp. Uh, wrong hand, right? Sure. 
I know other people get upset at us for that. Okay, whatever. He's get out of fucking mirror. <laughs> Let's watch it in reverse. I think. Uh, I mean. <laughs> I, I do think that he can put up these career... Okay, let's say he... I think he can put up his, at least his career numbers uh, for ratios here. How does he get that strikeout count? <laughs> he's a control pitcher, man. He's a... I think... I mean, I think he's a... I think he's supposed to be a classic, like, you know, smart guy on the mound type thing. Mm-hmm. Let me see in a Greg Maddox. Yeah, exactly. He, and, well, I guess Greg Maddox. A lot better. I'm sorry, but a lot better. Um <laughs> Also, the kind of guy that just knew how to paint the corners, and I just did two, you know, show random videos, K's, and they were both caught looking. I <laughs> I have a practical question for you, which is, how far can your fantasy team go if Shane Bieber is your ace? I mean, we're we're talking about him, we're talking about him after quite a number of guys, right? This is he's our ninth ninth guy that we've reviewed here, and I think there's a case to be made that some of the guys after him are actually better. <laughs> Can you know this? This is a loaded question because I own it. It all matters about the number of the innings pitched. Okay, if he hits two hundred, then it's then he he can be your your number one. Okay, ace. so the 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 fine. obvious over under that we should set is innings pitched. Yeah, and it's really it's one eighty nine. If he can't hit one eighty nine, that's a really good number. That's a really good number. I am. If he doesn't hit one eighty nine, then he cannot be. He, then it's not a good sign for I don't your know team. What to, I don't know what to do. I think, um, right, when you threw that number, my gut reaction was under. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. I know. No, he can't be, then he can't be the ace of your team. He's got to be a number three. Three? And is, and is, and that's the thing that's hard with someone like Bieber because he's weighted towards the front end of your season, not during the, the fantasy yeah. playoffs or, you know, the stretch run. I don't, I will say that I, I don't trust Francona as a manager at all. So I don't love that. Like, I, I don't like, I mean, you, you you sort of alluded to this earlier. I don't like Bieber being on the Guardians team. Yeah, okay. Let's well, not blasphemy Francona. What are you, the Boston Globe or something? But Francona, Francona, <laughs> Francona isn't making this decision to shut him down. That's not him. That's the general manager is making those decisions. So, I mean, if you want to talk about the Guardians brain trust here. No, but they're, they're pulling him out. They're yeah. pulling him out. Opening day, 4.2 innings. Second outing, five point one innings. Kershaw got pulled out of a perfect game. So this is sort sure. of baseball right now. Sure, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I. But he's what Francona is doing. Potentially could make sure that he's there in the middle of the summer instead of getting to only ninety six innings. Potentially. Okay, so will will you give me what what is your take on the over under of one eighty nine? Um, what is my take? Yeah. I think it's the under. Okay, that's fine. I mean, we can put it in the bet box. As, this is, I think it's the under. That's why I started this with saying he's not really my kind of guy. We can put it in the bet box. And I think that's a, because yeah. I, I put him in at like 150, 150 to 180, which, where he's going to get, he's going to average like five to six innings in a lot of games, and he's not going to get to 33 games played. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, before the season, I had, tri- I had diluted myself. I mean, this is where small number stats are coming into play, right? Because, before the season, I was thinking, oh, he's just going to, he'll be great, you know, full-on workload. And then I saw first two starts and like, uh-oh, this is this doesn't seem like it's going to be right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would put him, I just did the like in the back of my head. Like if he gets, I, I don't think that he's going to get to 30 games started. 
And I think that he's going to be, but what they're going to try to do this year is do what they're doing in the first couple of games is to limit the number of innings yeah. that he's pitch, yeah. pitching. So I think that we're going to see a lot of five inning games, five, six inning games, which to have to elite pitcher, you need to have guys that go into the, at least go into the seventh yeah, inning. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just sigh about it. It's okay. I'll just sigh about it. It's okay, though. It's okay. You can be a believer. I am. I, I mean, is that, t- is that team going to be any good? Uh, Nope. <laughs> All right. Are they going to be better than the Twins? No. No? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Are the White Sox going to Are the White Sox going to win that division? Uh yes, unless the Twins pitching figures it out. So the White Sox are going to win the division. <laughs> I placed no judgment on how likely it was, but yes. <laughs> Who are we doing next week? Let's talk about Adam Wainwright. Love it. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yay!